0: Gun Sports Radio is sponsored by Love Radio Network. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment right. It's time to get locked and loaded with Gun Sports Radio.
1: Your hosts, Dave Stahl and Lance Pelkey, will teach you everything there is to know about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your American
0: right to own and bear arms. Now, here's your host Dave Stahl and Lance Pelkey. All right, folks, hey, welcome. This is Gun Sports Radio, right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. We are the answer. You can go to GunSportsRadio.com on... Uh, our, our website, Facebook, is uh, facebook.com backslash sports radio. And we want to thank the Gun Range San Diego for all their support. 7853 Balboa Avenue in San Diego. They're open 10 to 10, seven days a week. Go to thegunrangesandiego.com. You can join their club. You can get great shooting deals. They've got a thousand rounds of nine millimeter for 200 bucks. I mean, come on, they they are truly the gun owner's best friend i call it the nordstroms of gun ranges just not the price and we got joe germisi in the house it seems like lance pelkey lost his voice and was not able to make it in today and michael schwartz i think is still out at front site still out
1: in nevada as far as i know yeah Yeah, the uh, big charity shoot was this weekend
0: yeah so they were out there and uh i guess uh mr schwartz is still having tons of fun, and his son, his nephew, is flying back. Must have flown back yesterday. Something I can think of because he's going to call in today.
1: Okay, well they have phones in Nevada. Oh, that's so right, they, they got phones in
0: Nevada. I got to look up the question too because we will definitely want to do a. Uh, oh, here we go. Oh, listen to this. This is from Jane in Oceanside. Which which weighs more? Thirty rounds of .223 or thirty rounds of nine millimeter? Mm, that'll be a good one, huh?
1: Yeah. Hopefully he wasn't just listening now. So uh, he didn't get a head start on it. Ah, he, he wouldn't do that.
0: He's not <laughs> listening. He's that he's out shoveling snow. That's what this kid does. All right. So Joe, what's been going on?
1: So I just, um, got back actually from a, uh, a week in free America. What's that? And, uh, it was very nice. I took a trip out to Arizona to, uh, gunsight Academy mm-hmm. and did a, uh, a five day handgun course. And, um, Actually, it was good. All this car talk here a little bit earlier. Yeah, um, I got to uh, kind of relate. Well, yeah, it was my first um, long trip with my new F one hundred and fifty, my uh, oh, my new truck. So uh, you bought a new truck. Yeah, okay. and I, I discovered uh, everything I knew, but I discovered I can go about six hundred miles on three quarters of a tank of gas. That Goodness. was uh, one good discovery.
0: You got the what motor you got?
1: Um, it's a 2.7 liter. It's the uh, EcoBoost. So yeah, it isn't is. and, um, that an amazing motor? It's much different. And I had a um, I had a 2014 uh-huh. before, and I just and because I was scaling down, I didn't get the four wheel drive, and right. it just bugged me for the last four years. So I finally brought it back in and swapped it and got. A Essentially, four-wheel. the same thing with the four-wheel drive. Yeah, but in 2014, that was the year before they went to the aluminum bodies, right. and it was the year before the EcoBoost engines mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. Night and day, yeah. much I'm much more power, just a huge difference. Yeah, but it was great. Uh, one of the other things I forgot about too. Um, a couple of years ago, I went storm chasing out in Texas. Really, and um, one of the things that you learn real quickly out there is you always have to have a bottle of window cleaner and a big. Uh, Thing of towels paper yeah, towels with you sure because there are huge bugs in southern arizona and my <laughs> windshield was just splattered with these things and the other uh, discovery was that windshield wipers and washer fluid just smears them does yeah, not wash them think, all yeah think yeah so uh so yeah. yeah that was a good discovery on the trip it was a great trip out there a lot of fun what with, kind of mod uh, did you get uh, if I could believe the truck and the indicator, about 23 miles to the gallon. That should be about right.
0: That should be about That's why you were able to go 600 miles and three quarters of a tank.
1: Yeah, that plus I've got a big tank on there. Just uh, just from the luck of the draw, the truck that they happen to get for me has got the extended range 36-gallon tank on it. Ooh, so, yeah. so, yeah, it all worked so out. So, we're it's not going
0: to let that get below a half a tank, are we?
1: <laughs> no, we're not. Because <laughs> Yeah,
0: you let that thing get down to the fumes. Oh, my gosh. You will to go to the bank to get permission to fill it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so what was it? That. So
0: tell us about the event. Now this was different than front sight. Now front sights were Lance and Michael Schwartz went and the, and uh, the grandson or the nephew. What was the difference between his and yours? Yeah. So, you went to?
1: so what happened to me this year, I couldn't, I goofed up my scheduling here so I couldn't get to the charity event because Lance readers charity event is just outstanding. At front, front everybody site. says. Yeah. Everybody should, should take time to go to that one. Cause it's just really just a great event. And it's a great cause. Um, but the, uh, what I did was uh, I thought, okay, well, I can't go to Lance's event, so I always wanted to check out Gunsight, which uh, I believe is the oldest um, civilian firearms training academy in the country. Mm-hmm. I think they were the first ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Colonel Jeff Cooper, who's one of the legends, I suppose, in the uh, gun world. He's supposed to be the father of the uh, modern defensive pistol technique. Wow. Um, started that way back in 75, uh, I think is when that started. And um, so I'd always I'd always heard about it. I heard it was a good program. So I thought, well, heck, uh, let me go out and try that one. So I took a five day their their intro uh, handgun course. It's um, what is it? Handgun 250, I think, is their first course. So now what not just for people, because they're all wondering, what, what did that run you? Um, I think that one was seventeen hundred for the five days. Okay, and because uh, I was saving up for something else, the something else fell through. So I thought, well, I have this money. <laughs> You're as bad as I am. Let me go try. I'm this. getting
0: a tax return, and I'm going. Wow, I've had this Lazy Boy <laughs> recliner for like twenty years, and it's starting to sag a little. So I'm going to take all my money and go buy me another <laughs> recliner. But that's really that's 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 interesting. So. So, so you went out there and that was now that include, you know, lodge, food, and all
1: that, or no, that includes your uh, just the training hours a day for okay. five days. Yeah, okay, all right, good. Um, so it was uh, out there and it's uh, it's really good training. It's similar to what because I've been through two of the front site courses, mm-hmm. one with the charity course, and then I did the same kind of thing on my own. And uh, mm-hmm. front site's four days, gun site is five days. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's similar. They do some other things at the gun course. Um, and, uh, it was a lot of fun. We do, you do a lot of shooting. Uh, I know Lance was remarking to you, uh, today, I guess about his hands from shooting so much at front sight, same kind of thing at gun mm-hmm. sight, Cause you're out there shooting all day. Uh, there's a group of instructors with you and, um, they're very experienced, very knowledgeable instructors. The people we had, um, a lot of former military, former law enforcement. Mm-hmm. One of our, um, assistant instructors was a retired, um chief of police from Flagstaff, so uh, they have a lot of experience out there, Sure, and um, it was a lot of fun, a lot of just, uh, you know, drawing different handgun techniques, things like that. Um, I had just changed my grip a little bit because uh, doing the competitive shooting, it's uh, a lot of times you're shooting pairs, controlled pairs real quickly, and what happens sometimes is the first shot on the pair goes where you want it to go, the second shot doesn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got to do with a lot of things, but I adjusted my grip, which was really helping. And I was thinking, oh, great. I'm going to go out here to this class. They're going to have a different grip. It's going to goof me up. I'm going to have to relearn everything. And I was uh, pleasantly surprised teaching the same grip out there. So that was oh. good. Um, but it's, no, it's just the
0: way you put your hand, you don't change the actual grips on the gun. You no, talk no, no. about
1: how, how you're grabbing,
0: how gun. you're actually like just like golf, you know, exactly, you, you don't yeah.
1: hold your golf clubs a certain way. And what it involves is just sliding your support hand up just a little bit. Forward, did they, did they, teach they
0: teach you that out there?
1: Well, they were, someone was showing me that, and that's what I was practicing for the last month. And then when I go out there, when they're showing, okay, this is the proper grip, it happened to be the one that I was practicing. So, because there's different ways you can do it. Wow. So, um, they did that. We did some uh, reduced light and um, low light shooting, which was fun. We did some nighttime shooting with Mm -hmm. flashlights. Um, That was a lot of fun. It's interesting because you don't think that, you just wouldn't think about that stuff until you do it. Um, You don't think that, you know, you can't see your sights um, at night. So right. there's different things you have to do if you don't have the flashlight to shine on there. And sure. then um, some people like on my carry guns, I have tritium sights. I have nighttime sights that I can see at night. The problem, which you don't wouldn't think about is, yeah, I can see the sights. I can't see the target, though. So, <laughs> so that's not going to do you a whole lot of good, right? <laughs> no. So it's interesting. So they address that kind of stuff. Um we did uh, shoot house stuff, which is fun. They run scenarios where you're you're going through and clearing different rooms. Oh wow! Um, and there's there's targets in there. Some of them are shoot, some of them are no shoot. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. The um, I think there's going to be an annual event because um, next year I want to take the next level class up, and they do the same kind of thing, but now it's force on force stuff. So now there's actually live people in there shooting back at you. Oh, so, uh, not, so I'm live to of that. not live ammo, not live ammo. No, these uh, simunitions, which um. Actually they say it'll leave a pretty good welt. So uh, I guess I'll find that out next year, but So, um,
0: so let me ask you something cuz you're about the first person I've been able to chat with about this, but this happened to me back when I was in the military. We used to do maneuvers. And I got chosen to be the aggressor. So they gave me an M16, an M60, you know, machine gun with tons of ammo belts. And when we did those little scenarios, I don't know about you, but my adrenaline got pumping so much. It was just like it was the real deal.
1: Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure that'll be the experience in there with the force on force because you're, I noticed in the, um, just in the simulators, just when you're shooting at targets, um, you can notice a, um, you'll notice an increase in your heart rate and things like that because you're, you're walking through a room, the instructors behind you kind of with his hand on your, on your shoulder Uh and you're trying to edge around these doorways and you're trying to look in there and you'll look and you'll kind of see the target, but you can't tell if it's you got to wait until you can see their hands because you don't know. Sometimes uh, they're holding a gun. Sometimes yeah. they're holding a bottle of beer. Uh, and you don't want to shoot the wrong uh, no. kind of thing. So it's actually exciting that way. So I think you're right. I think with live uh, people in there, it's going to be much more.
0: Absolutely. All right. Hey, well, we got a whole lot more, folks, right here on Gun Sports Radio. Stay tuned. You're listening to FM one AM 1170, The Answer. folks, hey, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio right here on FM 961AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, you folks, have you been dragging your feet making your AR rifle California legal in recognition of the new gun laws? Well, if you want your AR to have a pistol grip, telescoping stock, stock foregrip, and still have a detachable magazine, check out Cali Key. Whether you're buying a new AR or need to make your current AR compliant, Cali Key is a cost effective, easy solution that will allow you to keep your AR compliant and future-proof. Your AR from all those horrible California laws. Keep your entire AR collection intact with CaliKey. That's dot com. Hey, and do you or any of your family keep a taser, pepper spray, firearm, or weapon for personal protection? What would you do if you got pulled over and for whatever reason you got arrested? Well, I've got a simple solution. For $10 a month, you can get yourself totally protected 24 hours a day, seven days a week with Firearms Legal Protection. That's right. For less than $10 a month, go to FirearmsLegal.com, FirearmsLegal.com, or call 469-310-9100. All right, folks. Well, we've got Mr. Happy on the line. John Dillon, our resident lawyer at large from the law firm of Gasky Dillon & Balance LLP. Go to ca firearmslaw.com whenever you're in a situation and you need help. And if you get, you know, partner up with firearmslegal.com, you may end up getting John whenever you get yourself into a situation. But just remember, firearmslaw.com or you can call him direct at 760-431-9501. That's John Dillon at Gatsky, Dillon & Balance. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Well, we're not doing too bad. Joe Dremisi and I are holding the fork down it seems like lance can't talk and mike is still shooting
2: oh yeah i uh, i was bummed that i couldn't make it uh yet again it's a charity shoot and i know lance is going to give me a hard time for that uh but uh, i'm glad to hear it, uh, that everyone's out there is having a good time and uh, I have heard enough stories to confirm that it, it is a monster of a weekend and a really, really fun time where you learn a lot of, so, a lot of
0: good stuff. So you need to go next time. Hey, i got to run down and get my next guest, so I'm going to let you and Joe you know, spin the spin the magic.
1: All right, so how right, are you, I'm John? Good. Looks like they're uh, leaving us in charge here.
2: Yeah, don't worry. They may regret that. I don't know. <laughs>
1: So what do you got uh, today?
2: Yeah, so, so today I wanted to talk about uh a subject uh I'm not going to do an update on the laws. I'm doing another just general knowledge uh informational about uh what they call intrafamilia family transfer intra- intra-family transfers in California. Uh these are Transfers of firearms between a parent to a son or daughter, or a son or daughter to a parent, maybe a grandparent to uh, a grandson or granddaughter, and vice versa. So we're talking about direct line uh, transfers of firearms. Uh, and, and these are and, pull,
1: these are permanent transfers, right? Like if I'm selling or I want to give my, my gun, say, a gun to my son or something like that. So that that's yes, the transfer yes. you're talking about. Okay.
2: Uh, we get we get a lot of that uh, especially people that you know may not be too familiar with all the intricate laws in California Uh, in many other states if you want to give your you know son or daughter a gun it's a very simple process of handing them the gun saying this is yours uh, and that's a completely you know okay thing as long as uh, your son or daughter is not a prohibited person Um, now in California as with most everything involving firearms, it's a little more complex than that. Uh, but it is possible, and, and it doesn't require the typical uh, dross paperwork that uh, requires you to go into a gun shop to make the transfer. So, uh, again, what they're called is intra-family transfers, and basically, if we're again, this is only a direct line of. Uh, family members, so this doesn't apply with brothers and sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, siblings. None of that applies. Just grandparent, parent, and children, that direct line. But, uh, you know, if I'm, a, if I'm a dad and I want to transfer a firearm to my son, uh, you know, let's say my son's, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw 25 out there, and I want to give him one of my rifles that I've used for hunting my whole life. Uh, It doesn't require that you go to a gun shop to do the transfer. You can actually uh, just transfer the firearm to uh, your son or daughter as long as they have a California handgun safety certificate or a firearm safety certificate now, uh, and they have to be at least 18 years old. Uh, And what you have to do then is then report uh, this transfer to the state of California through the... Report of Operation of Law or Intrafamilial Firearm Transaction Form. Uh, and that's a form that you can uh, download online. You fill it out and get, provide uh, all the firearms information and uh, your information as the receiver. And you got to do that within 30 days. But uh, that is generally how, if you want to you know, gift a firearm to your, your son or daughter or uh, grandson, granddaughter, uh, you can do it that way. Now, for those of you listening that are terrified that I just showed people ways to transfer a firearm uh, without going through a background check, uh, when you do submit the operational law form, uh, they do a eligibility check. state of California does an eligibility check uh, on you. So, uh, the background check is still completed by the state, and of course... If you were to transfer a firearm uh, to someone who's prohibited or you have even reason to believe they may be prohibited, uh, you'd be violating the law. But that's a a simple and quick breakdown of uh, transfers within the family.
1: Well, hey, John, I got a question that's um, related to that, I guess, because I I get this from people pretty regularly. And uh, it'll be someone that says, you know, they have uh, a couple of guns that belong to their dad And, you know, dad passed away several years ago, and they've had the guns around, but they never really did anything with them. And now they're wondering, okay, how do they make that gun legal, or is it legal, or what do they have to do to clear that up? And what's the answer to that one?
2: It'll all depend on, you know, the dates of when all of this happened. Uh, To to give you an idea, uh, for long guns, meaning rifles and shotguns, up until January 1st, 2014, if you wanted to do one of these interfamily family transfers uh, for like a rifle or a pump shotgun, uh, you didn't need to do any of the paperwork. So the, the operational law form wasn't required up until January 1st, 2014. Uh, so a dad who wanted to give his son his hunting shotgun or pump shotgun or any type of long gun, he could just give it to him. And, and there wasn't any you know paperwork that had to be filed with that. And of course, that happened a lot. Um, And so there are many guns that were transferred that, you know, didn't have uh, any registration attached to it. uh, So people, you know, obtained those guns through, you know, gifts or bequests. uh, And so that was fine. But starting January 1st, 2014, uh, you did also, you had to start doing the uh, operational law form when it came to handguns and you also had to have a firearm safety certificate as of 2015. So uh, just like I kind of broke it down with uh, the handgun transfers, uh, general uh, handgun transfers, um, it's the same thing with long gun transfers uh, through the operational law. Now, uh, if you're talking about, you know, a death or an inheritance uh, that happened after that, there's still ways to do that. And the, Uh, operational law form is gonna be involved in that there are other uh, kind of check boxes to indicate how you came in possession of of firearms and inheritance is one of them Uh, but again like you do need to have a firearm safe safety certificate Uh, that's something that you know you go into most any gun store in the state and and you can ask to take the test I believe it's uh, is it a $20 $25 fee Joe do you you recall
1: uh, no i I don't recall that one what that was but it's, it's something yeah, it's around been
2: that too long since I had to do mine but uh <laughs> essentially that's the the safety test uh, it's about twenty seven thirty multiple choice questions and you answer that out and as long as you don't miss too many you can pass and, and you get your firearm safety certificate right then and there yeah I think uh, and that was of, Go ahead.
1: I think, from what I remember of that test, if you do miss too many of those, you probably shouldn't have access to a gun anyway. But, yeah, um,
2: we're we're not talking a about a, a scholarly, you know, test here. This is something where, okay, don't point it at people, don't point it at your foot, don't you know, pull the trigger, don't you. You got to make sure you check the guns unloaded. Always treat it as it's unloaded. Uh, pretty straightforward safety rules, but at the same time. It, it it is astonishing how many of those rules people break uh, on a daily basis, even people that have been around firearms. So, uh, it's not a bad thing to take seriously and and really try to get a hundred percent on those.
1: Yeah, and you know how I mean, knowing something and doing something consistently are two different things, though. But um, but yeah, that's that is good because the. The um, question that I was telling you that I get from people is okay. You know, dad passed away six or seven years ago. I've got these handguns. I never really did much with them, or I shoot them at the range or something. And now, you know, people are worried. Am I am I legal if I do try to get legal, or do I if I do try to fill out what I need to fill out? Am I going to get in trouble because I waited six years or something like that? And that's that's the kind of thing I hear a lot.
2: Yeah, and uh, so generally speaking, um, there's no. uh law in California that requires all guns to be registered to your name uh, in that sense. So, like I was talking about before, before 2014, long guns weren't registered when you bought them, and there, there was no paperwork required if you did any type of interfamily transfer. So, you could have wholly inherited or been gifted, you know, multiple guns, uh, especially back then, before 2014, and, and they would not your name would not be associated with them in any way. It's still wholly legal to own those. Uh, the, the big problem that you know, comes into play when uh, you lose your in some, what sorry, the big problem that comes into play when you don't have, like, the gun registered your name, and, and this is the main one that I always see, is if your gun's ever, you know, lost or stolen or for some reason it's confiscated and you're trying to get it back, Many law enforcement agencies in California will not release the gun back to you, even if, you know, there's no legal issues involved, unless you can prove that it's your gun. Uh, and the fact that they took it from you, that you have a, a police invoice receipt saying they took it from you, that's not good enough. Uh, and so if you have a firearm that is not, you know, connected to your name, it can pose some issues and and complicate uh the matter in order to get that gun back to you uh if it is you know lost stolen or or confiscated uh unlawfully so uh that's i'd say the the one good thing if you have a gun registered name it's it's fairly easy to prove it's yours otherwise you gotta kind of do a little bit more paperwork
1: Okay, but there's there's no penalty as far as you're you're saying like if you you know if you've had the thing for a period of time and now you're getting around to doing that because one of the other things uh, yeah, that I was thinking uh, about I'm sorry like, like
2: like I was saying in the situation where you know you you did a, a transfer you you got a gun you know back in 2010 and never did anything even though the laws have changed and now they require paperwork when you do the transfers. There was no obligation to retroactively go back and, and start filing paperwork and registering stuff in your name. All right.
0: All right, buddy. Hey, thanks a million. By the way, folks, CAFirearmsLaw.com. If you have any questions whatsoever, you can call him direct 760 431 9501. It's John Dillon from the Gatsky Dillon Balance LLP law firm. Definitely call him before you make any mistakes. Thanks, John. Have a good evening. All right. Have fun. Thank you, John. Bye. All right, folks, we're going to take a small break. We come back a whole lot more right here on Gun Sports Radio. All right, folks, hey, welcome back. This is Gun Sports Radio right here on FM 961AM 1170. We are. Answer, hey, hey, folks! Have you been dragging your feet making your AR rifle California legal in recognition of the new crazy gun laws in California? Well, if you want your AR to have a pistol grip, telescoping stock, foregrip, and still have a detachable magazine, you better check out Cali Key. Whether you're buying a new AR or need to make your current AR compliant, Cali Key is a cost-effective, easy solution that will allow you to keep your AR compliant and future-proof your AR. From all those horrible California gun laws. Keep your entire air collection intact with Cali Key. Go to CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. All right, folks. Hey, well, this segment is for Gun Range San Diego, located at 7853 Balboa Avenue, seven days a week, 10 to 10. The Gun Range San Diego. You need to check them out. They are the Nordstroms of gun ranges, just not the price. Our special guest, as always, we got Casey. What's going on, bud? How's uh, how's it going today? Well, you know, living the dream, keeping pretty busy here. There you go.
3: So I don't yeah, see... Even, even though it is St. Patty's Day, we're, we're keeping busy. We stay, uh, I think we're still at a full race, pretty much staying consistent throughout the day, which uh, is good, keeping us
0: busy. So anybody in green? <laughs> uh, surprisingly, not too many, which, you know, shame on them. Not even camo? Not even camo. I know.
3: Uh, I've seen I've seen two camos in so far. I've seen a yeah. couple multi cam come through. All right, very good.
0: Well, we got Joe G- Germisi in the line. Lance is out, and Schwartz is out. So you're talking to us two. Oh darn. Well, you know what
3: well, we got out. Uh, go over what we got going on first. So uh, first thing we got for our sale right now: got a thousand around the nine mil for one ninety five plus tax. So. I'm selling close to anywhere from eight to ten thousand rounds a day right now, especially with that you know ammo background check and everything coming up. Everybody's buying their ammo. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I was getting real busy. Um, other cool thing we did, we had Heckler and Koch in here the other day, so we filmed a little short video with them. So wait till uh, April Fool's Day for that one to come out. It'll be on our social media, Heckler and Koch social media. So we're making big strides over here.
0: So talk to us about those guys. Who are they?
3: Heckler and Koch. So basically, they're German-made companies. Probably one of the most predominant, well-known firearm companies in the world. H and K is—they uh, supply the weapons to the United States Marine Corps, Switzerland, France, so many different countries, NATO-wise. So I'd say it's upwards in the 100 of something countries that use H and K firearms. Actually, I might hit that now. Is h and K VP9?
0: Yeah, well, seeing I remember it now as H and K, but I had not didn't know yeah. what the H and K stood for.
3: Yes, sir. You know, I call it Hectron K. Everybody says Hexron Koch, whichever, H&K, everybody knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Gets busy. But yeah, so that's what we got coming on there. So coming up in another week or so, we'll be able to see the video. I'm in it. The range is in it. So it's, it's going to be pretty funny. But uh, yeah, for a little tech tip of the week, you know, I've talked about holsters and a lot of other precise stuff. But now I'm going to get back to brilliance in the basics. It's something that we also used to say in the Marine Corps all the time. You know, you can do all these high-speed things, but you always sometimes got to take a step back and work on the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. First fundamental is your stance. That's one of the biggest things that a lot of people mess up. Um, you see these movies in Hollywood, you know, they're doing the sideways stance. Proper stance, I mean, you know, a thousand ways to do it, but it up to your target is the easiest way. It's kind of... Focusing all of your body, your bone structure, your muscle structure towards the target, getting you in a nice tight area and just kind of squared off to it. Um, stance is actually important for recoil mitigation. So, me, I always keep my feet pointed at the target a little bit wider than shoulder width apart. That's how I like it personally. And then I always take my dominant foot about a half to full step behind me. And that gives you a nice base, especially when you're shooting rifles and shotguns, and especially our shotguns like our Keltec on there. I always overdramatic for people. I'm like, lean into it, please. This thing's got some punch to it. And it's always fun. We had a uh, a girl in here yesterday. She was maybe 100 pounds, and we had some uh, 12-gauge slugs coming out of that. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. She she got rocked back a little bit. I mean, she she had to take about two, three steps back out of the lane. I had to kind of <laughs> grab her for a second, yeah. and you know, we went back, watched it on the cameras later. But you just see her on the camera, and then 2 steps back out of the cameras, kind of funny. She laughed. She thought it was fun. You know, didn't really scare her off. And then she went back, loaded five more and took it down. I was like, okay, okay,
2: enjoyed
0: it. So, so Casey, <laughs> um, so Casey, let me ask you: How do you know what your dominant foot is? So, kick a ball.
3: Whichever foot you're going to lead with and kick a ball, that's going to be your dominant foot. Uh, Now, some people are more ambidextrous. Me, I am ambidextrous, so so, I can kick my left and right. So am I. The one that I'm most comfortable with is my right foot. That's the one I can do it better than everything else. I'm weird, so uh, everything on me is right hand dominant, right eye dominant, except I write with my left hand.
0: See, now, I bowl left-handed, I bat right-handed, I throw left-handed, I write right-handed, and I eat with both hands. So exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm the
3: same way. Like, I'm, it's it's funny how it works that way, yeah. but then it comes down to the individual shooter finding out which way works for him, you know, and that's what I was going to come up to next. There are some people that are right-hand dominant, but left-eye dominant. So they're always wondering, but they're always tilting their hood slightly to the right. I'm like, No move the gun to your dominant eye. You don't have to move the hook to the gun. Don't give up your good posture, your good head alignment, because when you're taking the hood, what it's going to be doing is your eyes are not going to be able to focus as well, and you're not going to get that proper sight alignment, sight picture. So I'm always in there telling this, kind of one of the bigger things that we're talking about, the newer shooters is bring the gun to your, well, not to your face, but bring the gun to your eye level. Instead of ducking your head down to it, Mm -hmm. tilting to the side, move the gun to you with your hands. It just makes it that much easier Um, big key to that one is your strong upper body. You want to, a lot of people still tend to crouch down. You see some of the operators out there, they get a super, super tight stance, duck their head down low and pretty much their arms are going to be on their cheeks. If that works for you, yes. But when it comes to the newer shooters, we tell them stand up straight, Mm -hmm. keep a good posture, shoulder back, use your bone structure, your muscle structure is good too, but you want to rely on your bone structure because it can be that much more stable to it. Um, Probably one of the biggest things that we correct on the range is weak grips. You know, you hear the good old limp wristing it. That is a huge thing when it comes to certain pistols in there because if you don't have a strong grip on it, the firearm cannot function correctly. The slide won't come back, and they're always sitting there complaining about, oh, this gun's jamming, this gun's jamming. And then it's always just kind of satisfactory when I walk up there, put 10, 10 rounds down range, one hand is about a single jam. It's like, <laughs> well, it's not to rub in your face, but I'm showing a point. If you don't have a strong grip on it, if you limp wrist it, it's not going to function correctly.
0: Uh.
3: That's just how it is
0: with the automatic pistols. you got to have that strong wrist on it. Well, it's it, you know, it's, Casey, it's funny you should say that because since Joe and I are kind of solo, we were talking about an event he was at last week. And, Joe, kind of talk about what you found with your grip.
1: Well, we were talking about, um, I had changed my grip about a month ago because, um, you know, mm-hmm. shooting competitions and things, you're shooting controlled pairs. And what was happening with me is the first shot on the pair was going just where I wanted it. The second shot was not. Mm -hmm. And um, somebody was showing me a grip where essentially you move your support hand just up a little bit. um, So that what you end up with is your support thumb is right across the gun from your index finger, your trigger finger, if you Mm -hmm. were to hold it straight out. So it's a lot more forward than what I was doing before. And essentially you're getting more of the meat of the, the base of your thumbs basically against the gun and um, mm-hmm. it it firms it up, and it was a noticeable difference. So mm-hmm. the trick now is to come out of the holster with the right grip, doing that at speed. Yep. Um, but it really That's works well, and it, it makes a huge difference with the uh, just that kind mm-hmm. of grip, just that, that minor adjustment.
3: I had to readjust the grip because so I was usually shooting my Glock, and Glock have a decently low bore axis on it. And now I switched over to my VP9, and it has a little bit higher. So I had to completely adjust my grip because I was getting a lot more muzzle flip to it. So I take my dominant hand and I put it up even higher, and I'm pretty much pointing my thumb straight up, and then my support hand's coming up even higher. So the meaty portion of my thumb is almost on top, like not on top of my slide, but it's pretty much parallel where the slide and the frame meet, and that's what's giving me that downward pressure to counteract. Like I like to do my hammer pairs, I like my sailor drills. So yeah, it's always working on the grip. And again, every gun's going to be different, so it's figuring out which one's going to work for you. And, and there's a thousand different ways to do different grips. As long as you don't put your thumb behind the slide, for the most so, part, I'm good with the new shooters like that. I have to explain it to them every time because we'll be sitting there on the range, RSOing, making sure, and I'll look the left and I'll see a thumb behind a slide on a Beretta M9, and I'm like, the first thing I do, I bolt over there. I'm like, stop, stop, stop. I'm like, oh, what's wrong? Like you, you almost just cut the heck out of your finger. Mm-hmm. And I explained it to him. I was like, watch this, watch the slide comes back. That's where your thumb was. And it's not to patronize people. It's just. I don't need them cut up on my range.
0: No, blood is not fun.
1: So see, and that yeah, was another thing, um, Casey, you'd mentioned keeping your thumb straight out more or less like a hitchhiker mm-hmm. kind of uh, thumb. Mm-hmm. And um, that was another my or little thing that I picked up this week that um, by keeping your thumb straight out like that, it, when you go to grab your gun with the support hand coming out of the holster, it just puts it right mm-hmm. exactly in the right spot. And I yep, never thought of that before. Before, I kind of had to push my thumb out of the way with my support hand. And just keeping your thumb straight, it forces the web of your hand up high into the back of the gun, so you get a good grip coming right out of the holster. It works really well.
3: Exactly. So, yeah, if people are listening, I mean, you know, what I like to do, and you can actually feel it. So if you take your index finger and point it straight up and then point your thumb straight up, you're going to feel a tension in your wrist. And that's what you want to feel—is that locking right there? It's going to create a nice tension on there. So you basically make it a finger pistol with your thumb straight up, and you can feel it. You can make your thumb go down and up, and you'll feel the tension release and tighten again. So I always tell people, keep that right thumb. You don't have to do it—you know—over exaggerated like me. It just works like that for me. But keep a high tension on that, and what it's going to be doing is locking that wrist for that good bone structure on it.
1: Did you? I wanted to ask you one more thing, too, Casey. Did you notice well, you were talking about the limperis thing before? Do you see that, um, is that more pronounced on the polymer guns, like the Glocks, than it is on, say, the ones that are that are all steel? Do they seem more no, susceptible to it's, that?
3: It's more predominant it's more predominant on the full steel frames. The ones I see it the most on will either be the CZs, Berettas, um, and a couple of the Springfield EMP. We have the EMP, not necessarily the EMP, but the 9mm, the full-size ones. The bigger full-size ones, they're going to need a little bit more tension on them. The lighter striker ones... They never really have any issues on them. I haven't seen you know, people limp wrist them. It's not as bad. But when it comes to the big, full, heavy, heavy metal ones, get, the biggest ones is the at M9. No matter what, new shooters get that one, and they're always complaining about jams, and we have to go in there and explain to them, like, tight wrist. Now watch this. Bam, bam, bam. They're like, oh, got it. Mm. So what I notice it on is the big the big steel frame ones. Um, SIGs are, SIGs are yeah, I don't really see it too many in them. Not really any of the compacts do it. Yeah, I would say more on the Brenna M9, CZFTL1. More of the full size ones. The only real time I see it when limp it actually is affecting them. All
0: right, buddy. Hey, well, folks, if you want to learn more about how to fire your firearm or you want to get into it and you want somebody that'll take care of you, Casey's the man. Just take a run down to Gun Range San Diego. Real easy to find. 7853 Balboa Avenue. They're open 10 to 10, seven days a week. You can sign up and have a company party. You can get a bunch of your buds together. You can do a bachelorette party. They'll take care of anything and everything. The Gun Range San Diego. Casey, thank you much. Have a good day. You too, guys. You're safe. All right, we're going to take a small break. When we come back, we got Sam, the gunman. We're going to try to stump him with another question. I don't know. Joe's a little confused about it. So let's see if we can get Sam to figure it out right here on Gun Sports Radio.
3: Read the latest breaking news, top business analysis, and the funniest political cartoons. (laughs) Register for The Answer San Diego's newsletters. Use keyword newsletter. Stay current on politics, contests, events, and more. Be among the first to know about the latest books from top conservative authors, special signing events, and promotions. Register today at TheAnswerSanDiego.com. Keyword newsletter. Sponsored by Richard Musio, host of It's Your Business. Sundays at 9 a.m. only on The Answer San Diego.
0: right, folks. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to Gun Sports Radio right here on FM 96 in North County and AM 1170 in San Diego. Hey, do you or any of your family keep a taser, pepper spray, firearm, or other weapons for personal protection? Well, what are you going to do if you ever get in trouble? Who's going to take care of those lawyer fees? Who's going to bail you out? Well, I got somebody. Firearms Legal Protection. That's right. For less than $10 a month, you could have peace of mind of a 24-hour hotline and legal representation all you have to do is go to www.firearmslegal.com, firearmslegal.com, or you can call them at 844-367-9400. Whoops, 844-357-9400. Sorry about that. Tell them you heard it right here on KCDQ Gun Sports Radio. For $10 a month, how could you go wrong? All right, hey, we got Stan or Sam the Gunman on the line. How you doing, Sam? How are you? Are you back home? Yes, I am. All right, good deal. Well, I, I think we're got to get the question out of the way first, and then I'd like to have you kind of speak a little bit about your experiences at Front Sight. Okay, sounds good. The question comes from oh, – I forgot to write down who it came from.
1: Jane from Oceanside. There you
0: go. Jane from Oceanside. She wants to know which weighs more, 30 rounds of .223 or 30 rounds – of nine millimeter. Why she wants to know that is beyond me, but that's her question.
4: Okay, Jane from OceanSide. Thanks very much for the question, and um, it's it's actually a really interesting one because the answer is they weigh basically the same. It depends on what type of ammunition you're using. You know how how heavy the projectile is, uh-huh. but um, assuming uh standard uh standard ammunition for for both calibers um they
0: they weigh about the same that's the answer about the same that's exactly what it is that's amazing
1: you know and that's interesting sam too because when i heard when michael told me what the question was going to be i was thinking that just sounds weird it doesn't sound right so being an engineer i had to weigh a couple of them this morning and um
0: oh you went and weighed (laughs) them
1: i did so it was was interesting actually because sam is exactly right there um i looked at it i had a um what did I have some federal two, two, three, that was 55 grain and it came out to be about 11.495 grams, I think. So then, um, uh, I had some federal, um, uh, nine millimeter. that was 115 grain, which came out to be 11.82. Wow. That's grams. almost the same. And yeah. And then I tried some one twenty four grain nine millimeter was, uh, 12.2, I think. So they're all, they're all pretty close. Amazing. Um, Cause I think, uh, and, and jump in here, Sam, if you, um, Typically, because I reload my nine millimeters um but like if you increase the size or the mass of the bullet that you're using the the powder dem- generally goes down right it's less powder
4: um yeah, it reduces your case capacity and it messes with the pressures, so you have to use a little less powder
1: right because what you're looking for is the same force if you increase the mass, you could use less acceleration there, right, so that's what's going on I okay. that's my theory anyway. <laughs>
0: All right, so so Sam, tell us about your experience at Front Sight. This is your first time out there, and you spent, what, three days? Two days. Two days. So how'd you like it?
4: Um, I liked it, but uh, first things first, I've got a bone to pick with you, Dave. You said it was going to be cold.
0: Wasn't it cold?
4: Uh, no. What's your definition of cold out there in Southern California?
1: Yeah, there's the problem.
4: Oh. <laughs> 60 degrees. Okay, well, maybe I need to stop listening to your advice.
0: (laughs) So it turned out to be a little warmer?
4: Winter coat.
0: Oh, so you hauled the winter coat out and didn't use it? Is that what you're...
4: (laughs) Yeah, I was prepared for it to get well below freezing.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. California does not do that. Unless you're, what, 10,000 feet elevation? No, 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 no. That would never, ever work. So how'd you like it? Um...
4: It was great. It, it was really, like, uh, I, I don't know how I can adequately explain how uh, how great it was. I, I can't really do the topic justice but um, in, in this short of time. But uh, the training was really top-notch, and I feel like I'm a much, much, much better shooter than I was uh, before going there. I expended about 200 rounds, wow. and um, that... I I got more out of those 200 rounds, more training out of those 200 rounds than I would have if I had shot 1,000 rounds just on my own at the range.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it at all. Now, you were not a big Glock fan when you uh, came out. I did notice in a photo from uh, your uncle that there was a Glock strapped to your hip. Are you converted now or no?
4: Um, I mean, I, I hadn't really done a lot of shooting with Glocks before going. Um, I got used to the uh, the ergonomics pretty quickly, um, so I was pleasantly surprised about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was kind of funny. Michael was shooting his Glock 30, which is a little subcompact uh, 45, and they issued me a Glock 17, so it was a uh, big man, tiny gun, and small man, big gun.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I could just see it now. So, are you going to go buy a Glock now? Um, no. Okay. I'm not old enough. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, at least you had a good time. The weather was at least, you know, somewhat tolerable. Wasn't it windy out there or no?
4: Not really. It really wasn't too bad. It was pretty warm the whole time.
0: Wow. Of course, what's your idea warm? 40? 40, uh, 40 degrees? No comment. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay, very good. Well, so now you're still going to come out for the prom, right? I understand that got put together.
4: Um, yeah, if, if everything works out properly, then right. it looks like I'll be able to go.
0: Well, that'll be good because we'll I didn't get a chance to meet you. I would have liked to have seen you at KUSI, but uh, Mike should have texted me and said you guys were on the way. I waited, waited and nobody showed up, so I just figured you, you know, East Coast, came in from the East Coast, so you could have jet lag. I didn't know. So that was kind of a bummer, but you weren't a Maserati fan anyway, so who cares? <laughs> he already made that perfectly clear. Excuse me.
4: <laughs> so uh, uh, listen, I, um, I I met a few people out there who were who were fans of the show and particularly fans of the segment. And one of them, a gentleman named Mark, asked me what condition two was, mm-hmm. um, like carrying uh, carrying a firearm in condition two. Um, and I didn't know all the conditions off the top of my head, so I had to look it up. But uh, here's his answer. Condition two is carrying with a round in the chamber and a full magazine, but with the hammer down. Mm, I didn't. Did you know that,
1: Joe? No, but see, I don't have a hammer on mine because oh. I carry a Glock, so it's, oh. uh, it's always yeah, so it's ready it's to go.
4: It's <laughs> to carry a striker-fired gun in condition two.
0: Interesting. All right, so so what? What? There's two people listening to the show. Woo-hoo! How cool is that?
4: Uh, that's that's pretty cool. I didn't know there were people who actually cared about my
0: segment. Oh, dude, no! Your segment's probably one of the most popular segments we've got on the radio show. I'm telling you, man. Ever since you noticed, we keep you.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because I mean, people. Well, you know what? It's like a Q and A. You know, you read the newspaper. Guys got a Q and A, and then you got to come back next week to get the next issue to see what the answer is. You know that's but you, and you are so good, I think you only how long have you been doing this?
4: um, this is I believe my twenty fourth week
0: twenty fourth week, and I think you only got stumped once out of twenty four um I think it was like twice was it twice maybe I, I think the one for sure one of them was questionable, but I mean it was two two for sure, and then one was sort of half, oh was it? Just being so brutal on yourself, but, folks, this kid—I mean, he eats, sleeps, and drinks his uh, armament, and that's about the easiest way to call it. I'm the same way with cars, and you're the same way with guns. Yeah, much to my parents' chagrin. Oh yeah, but hey, you're—are you kidding? My if you were my kid, I'd be happy as heck. I'd never have to worry about anybody breaking into my house. You've got all yeah. the training. You've got—I mean, no, are you kidding? That's your new job. So what's your next adventure, since now all of a sudden you become adventurous? Um, Finishing school. Uh, How much longer?
4: Uh, I'll have my associates in a couple more months. Uh, Then what are you going to do? I'll transfer to a four-year university. I don't know where yet.
0: Yeah. You know what you're going to do?
4: Not completely, but I'd like to join the military after that. I think that's an excellent idea.
0: Truly, and by then, you'll probably go in as an officer.
1: Yeah, hopefully.
0: Yeah. Uh, Do you have
1: any idea what branch, Sam? Yeah. Uh... Um,
0: yeah, I'd like to be in the Air Force. Smart. See, I knew you were smart because these guys <laughs> that go in the Army and the Marines, I mean, and, and the Navy, okay, that's all good. There's nothing wrong with it. I was in the Army, but the Air Force, you guys got the best food, you got the best vehicles, you got the best education, you got the best clothing, Dude, that's the way to go. All right, Sam, get ready for next week. We'll have another hot question for you right here on Gun Sports Radio. You take care.
4: All right, thanks. And thanks everyone for listening.
0: All right, buddy, hey, thank you for coming out. Hey, folks, we want to thank San Diego County Gun Owners. Go to san diego county gun owners.com. The gun range san diego.com. CA firearms law.com, firearmslegal.com and key.com But hey, don't you go anywhere. We got the bug lady Mallory Lindsay, right here, doing Ms. Mallory's Adventures on FM 961M 1170, the Enzo.